Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I'd like to do something before I preach. I want to read a scripture in Second Timothy chapter one, verse five. When I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Louis and your Eunice, I am persuaded it's in you also. Continue. Therefore, I remind you to stir up <coughs> the gift of God which is in you through the laying off of my hands. Amen. That's my little boy, Theodore. Please bring the boy to me. You know this music that we were playing all of this? That small boy was the one playing the drums. It's amazing. I want this boy to be anointed and be blessed of God. Theodore, come. You're living in days and times. Come, come, my boy. You're living in days and times. There is no fear for God anymore. The young men don't care whether the drums will be played or music will be. They don't. They are too busy with themselves. And this boy plays so skillfully. He comes from school and he's sitting behind. I hear him either on the organ. Why won't God anoint this boy? And let him dwell in the house of God forever. Lord, I just pray for Theodore. Apostle Paul laid his hands on Timothy. And you anointed him. He was a great pastor. I stand on this scripture. And I lay my hands on Theodore. The faith that is in the grandmother, the faith that is in her mother, in his mother. This faith, oh God, double it up in the name of Jesus. Amen. Show him mercy, Lord, all the days of his life. Let him dwell in the house of the Lord as long as he lives on this earth. May you always find it as a pleasure to use him for anything else you please. Therefore, direct his heart to the fear of God. And to righteousness and unto the Lord Jesus Christ. That he will forever remain as your anointed child. In the name of Jesus. No evil will come to him to overtake him. But the spirit of the living God will lead him. And he will be blessed and serve the Lord in the fear of the Lord, in the righteousness of the Lord, in the holiness of the Lord, in the power of the Lord, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, for hearing me in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Eight years old. Ah. Thank you.
Let's be praying for him. Let's love him. Let's, let's. He's an exceptional child. Praise the Lord. Alright, tonight we have a very important matter to study before the Lord. And I pray that we would open our hearts and don't let it be us. One of those knowledge that comes to us, but we do nothing about it. Let it be a knowledge that will come to you and I and would stir us up to do something for the name of Jesus whilst here. Hallelujah. We have already announced to the church that it is an evangelism man. And therefore we need to understand what it means when we talk about evangelism. Starting off tonight in our midweek service, we are tackling the issue of evangelism. Everyday life. Praise the Lord. That's the subject we are going to study together. Evangelism. Everyday life. I wrote something down here as a way of introduction. And I like some of these things that I write down. I believe they are inspired by the Holy Ghost. Because when I go back to look, look at them again, I have a very good understanding. It says that the failure of the children of God to make evangelism our everyday lifestyle has made the world less evangelized. And it is true. What I mean by what I am saying is, until we accept that wherever we are posted to in life, is our field of souls. Praise the Lord. You see... That when we even go out for outreach, yeah, when we go out for outreaches, those who open up to us are the ordinary people in society, such as the security, the drivers, the ordinary people. They are the ones who will welcome you when you go and say, I came and I want to share the gospel with you. They are the ones who will receive you. The middle class in our society will try to block you. They will say they don't have time. They say, come another time. Or even when they look at you, they think that, who are you to come and tell me? We do experience it very often. So you see that when we step out there, most of the time, the people we arrest are the people we can see. When you go and ring a bell to go to a big man's house, most of the time, they will let you stand at the gate and they say, What do you want? I came to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Go and come another time. That one is respect for you. They will throw you away. Hmm. 
But however, I believe that it is easier for you to reach out to your peers. Doctor to doctor, nurse to nurse, driver to driver, security to security. It is always very easy. Praise the Lord. So tonight, I want to plead God that in our hearing of this teaching, we will be very serious. You see, before I go ahead, I want to just tell you something. I, I don't know what people really think about when you hear such things as he is dead. I don't know what comes to people's mind. But forever, I thank God. When I hear about somebody's end, such as he is no more, the first thing that occurs to me, I don't know how long this thing takes. It has been like that for me for over 20 years. What is the end story of this person? Where is he going? You know why? Nothing matters. Nothing in this life matters. Even if he was the president of the United States or China or, or, or you, uh, secretary general of United Nations, whatever, nothing matters than where will the soul of this person be forever? I don't think we really take our time to look at That's why, please allow me to be frank. That's why even leaders don't care. Reach out to people. I'm not saying that the fact that you don't join us in the outreach. But in your private life, is it a burden to you that somebody must hear the gospel from you? Praise the Lord. I said praise the Lord. Can we please trust God? And it will not just be only this month. But it will be an everlasting decision as long as we are in this life. That I will be someone who will never shut my mouth. I will let it be everyday lifestyle. That whosoever comes to me, I will preach to that individual. At least I will say something. You know, sometimes we forget ourselves and tend to become organizational. I belong to a church. I belong to a choir. I am this. I am that. Those, thank God, we needed to keep going. But I want to tell you the most crucial thing is Affecting somebody to stand for Jesus. And I want to beg us. This church believes in that. And everybody must be on the wagon. 
in Jesus name. Can you imagine somebody being a blessing to us and dying and going to hell? Can you imagine your mother that you carried you? Your father who took care of you does not encounter Jesus and dies in his sins and you know very well that I cannot vouch for his salvation. Can you imagine? You will never meet the man anywhere except in hellfire. So I beg us, if we can do anything to partner with God in evangelism, we should do it in Jesus' name. You know, we have devalued this message. We have devalued it so much that people become so preoccupied with anything else except the main thing, which is the main thing. You can be. I can tell you that there is a deception that sneaks into a man's life gradually. In fact, the person can start very well, but as time goes on, the, the, the enemy will find a way to come in and let you think that I am doing something also in the church, so I am okay. You can never be okay without so winning. I beg us. Because after all, if I preach to you here, and I don't win souls, my pastoral duty is, so, is different from... The fact that I must live as a child of God to be a witness to the dying world. What was the reason for which the Holy Ghost was given? What was the reason for which the Holy Ghost was given? That ye shall be witnesses. And so I beg you, plead with you, let's wake up. In Jesus' name. Lord, bless us. Find a way to reach out to us. That the scales will be removed. And that our hearts will be jammed forever. With this work that you have entrusted into our hands. So that nobody's blood ever will be required from our hands. That as long as we live, you are so wise and so big that you have always designed that this Dennis, this Eunice, this so so and so, I am depending on them to be able to reach out to this. And I beg you, Lord, let none of us fail to reach the people that you have specifically designed in life that we may reach out to them in Jesus' name. Amen. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 16. Verse, rather chapter 9, verse 19 to 23. The Bible says, 
For though I am free from all men, I have made myself a servant to all, that I might win them all. Praise the Lord. And to the Jews I became as a Jew, that I might win the Jews. To those who are under the law, as under the law, that I might win the, uh, the, uh, those who are under the law. To those who are without the law, as without the law, not as being without law, towards God, but under the law towards Christ, that I might win those who are without the law. To the weak I became as weak, that I might win the weak. I have become all things unto all men, that I might by all means save some. Verse 23 says, Now, this I do for the gospel's sake, that I may be partaker of it with you. Amen. Think about the scripture. I don't think it's difficult to understand. I don't think it needs so much revelation about this. The man's life was as simple as I'm free because Christ Jesus set me free. I am. I'm free. I'm, I'm very free. But I decided to bring myself as a servant so I can reach out. I changed my style in life so that I can become like anybody else when I meet him to be able to reach out to him. Praise the Lord. I have a sense that God is saying, if I am a teacher, by all means, I must win teachers. If I am a doctor, I must reach out to doctors. If I am a nurse, I must reach out to nurses. Become everything to the people that are in the same with you, that you may win some. Praise the Lord. It is sad. In the day in which we live, I have observed that what is critical to man is not what is critical to God. Repeatedly in the Bible, God does not want any man to die in their sins. To such an extent that Every one of us sitting here tonight, may I inform you that the Bible says that you have been made a watchman. 
So when we talk about evangelism, every day's life, I want to tell you that our failure to reaching out to people with the gospel is what is causing the world to, ha- to do what it's doing. Today I was very sad. My CNN on my iPad popped up. You know, America is doing their, um, their how do they call them, elections. Uh, what's, they don't call it parliament. Senate. And the one who won in Virginia, where I go to most of the time, is a transgender. Won hands down. What is transgender? I, I, transgender. I looked into my... The word no Christ knew. It's not in my dictionary. But you replace things with things. I sat down. Let me be honest. I sat in my chair. I froze and I said, Lord, see what the world is approving. See what is the what has become the order of the day. And I called Reverend myself. Have you heard? This is what I've said. He said, Hey, yen sheyen hu yo na If they knew, let me tell you, there is nobody genuinely born again who would do this nonsense. It's not possible. Other religion can be possible, but in Christ Jesus. This nonsense will flash on the mind of the individual. Yet, in our society, many of us have come to the point where it's as if the norm of the day and we are living with it. We cannot live with it. It's against the law of the Spirit. But failure to preach the gospel of Jesus has allowed all avenues to bring all kinds of things that are prohibited to the kingdom of God. It is sad. Absolutely sad. Was it not here that I think it was Reverend who was preaching and the, the president of Belgium, his wife is a male. A man married to a man. So when, 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 when Trump or somebody, no, it, at that time it was Obama. Trump's wife, Trump's, when they had world something in Europe, and the first ladies were met, taking pictures, there was a foolish guy standing there too. As a first lady. It's sad. Is the world not mad? You, a child of God, must not disappoint God. You must preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. He was in suit. Standing like this, arranged. And I said, look at us. Look at us. Do you know something? Gradually is becoming comfortable. Sin is becoming comfortable to live with. My brethren, I beg you in the name of Jesus, be a preacher of the gospel of Jesus Christ.
Leave it as a lie. Let everybody hate you for what you say. No man's blood will be required from you. You know, we can adjust our lives to any lifestyle that comes. If, if we come to the point where uh, people have to half-naked dress, the kingdom of God also accepts it. When women will have short skirts and everybody else would even bring it to church. Because it's the style of the day. And nobody will talk about it. You dare not talk about it because everybody thinks that mu ye yeah And the Bible talks about decent dressing. Today no pastor has a mouth to speak. And gradually the world is coming into the church. I pray you will not be consumed by the world. Evangelism. Some people will get up one day and become who, and then they go like a deflated tie. Be your lifestyle. Um, these are passionate subjects for me. To the Jew, I became like a Jew. To the Gentile, I became like a Gentile. Why did I become like them? That I may win some. Praise the Lord. Today nobody cares. Do you know, let me be honest with you, the things we care about most is how much is coming into my pocket. True or false? May we repent from these things. How much I can have. Nobody has a second thought about this soul. Where would he end up if he died? You know, I have told you already few, few, few weeks ago an experience God gave me about this Mr. Brown. His son has started coming to church. He said he was a Presbyterian, he went to ICGC, and now his father, he wanted to come and talk with me about the burial of his father. Those of you who don't know, I'm talking about a man that one Saturday I joined the outreach people, and somehow as I was going, I didn't know where I was going with my partner, and then I zoomed to this man who was sitting there, and I gave him the gospel, and then I came back. Somehow I even have to find him clothes to come to church because he wasn't going to come, but we found a way he got clothes to come to church. Um, what I'm saying has nothing to do with being proud or anything. I just want to give you a reality. This man started coming to church, understanding the word of God, three weeks after the man died. And so I said to myself, if I did not go on that day, who knew that Dennis, before he was created by God to come into this life, God has assigned my name to Mr. Brown. May I announce to you that, you see, you may underestimate it, but wait. Don't wait. You do something about it because one day it will happen. 
Do you know that your name has been assigned to somebody by all means? The bank that you are working at, your name has been assigned there to win somebody. If you don't know, I can prove it by scripture. Hallelujah. So let's be burdened. And let's make evangelism our day living style. Churches don't evangelize anymore. This is why I prayed to God, I will discipline myself and don't sit as a pastor, but I will join my people. You know, most of the time when I go out, I don't even tell the people that I'm a pastor. They ask me, when I ask of the, their name and they tell me, I also will say that my name is Dennis. Simple. So that when you come here, then you know whether it's Dennis or Dennis some gospel. You know, brethren, maybe tonight as you are hearing me, more especially as you are hearing the Holy Spirit, ask that God will give you a bedding for souls. Pray it in your heart. Elam, let's go back to the scripture. Though I'm a free man, I've made myself a servant to all. Time will not allow us to take the scripture one by one. I have made myself a servant. I mean, when he says I've made myself a servant, may I just announce to you that it's as simple as I have taken the lowest of places so that I can become attractive to be able to win, capture the eyes of that person, that when I open my mouth. Sometimes in outreaches, that's what you do. Or even on your job, you begin to become so nice to people, you are serving them not because you are a fool, you are doing it so that they can say you are nice, and then you can quickly turn it around and say, I'm nice, I used to be very bad. Today I had the privilege of going to Bemakam schools. God has been so gracious to us to open Bemakam schools to us. And I, I told them my life, the younger ones. When I made the altar call, the hundreds of people who were standing there, I could only have few hands down. Because everybody is desiring a better life and a good foundation with Jesus. People are hungry to be saved. May we reach out to them. Please, if there is anything you can do to win a soul, even that will bring you down, do it. Because Paul said, I'm a free man. But I made, intentionally made myself a servant that I may win. The, 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 the key word there is, I may win. The more. See what he said, that I might win, not a few, but more. Praise the Lord. Next verse says that, and to the Jews I became like a Jew. He didn't behave like a Jew because he was sanctified, born. He was a proper man. But he said, I am born again, I am a new man. All things are gone. Behold, all things have become new. But I know the traditions of the Jews, so I will go as if I am with them. Only for them to open up to me, then I will slot in that Jesus saves. Can we do that? 
let's be mindful. Brother, can I ask you a question, sister? If ever you should stand before the judgment seat of Christ and the heavens should just simply say to you, you did very well, you lived well, you did everything well, but we have something against you. And you say, what do you have against me? And then the books are brought and said, do you know this person that you used to sit with on your job? Do you know that the heavens assigned you that you may win them? What will you say? You see, that is why I believe in people who have duality. Are you understanding me? When I say I don't believe in people who have duality, I mean people who have two lifestyles. They can speak in tongues, they are very dynamic, but they can also be nasty to anybody else as if they are not. My friend, let your life be one way. Because when you have a duality, as Prophet Kujo will put it in chief, a saying People who have dualities are never able to win anybody. Because the truth is that what do they see? In you, that should attract them to say what is in you that we may come for. You know, many years ago, on my job in KLM, I was still a pastor, an associate pastor. And I did not know that I used to talk rubbish. I'm I'm being honest with you. I didn't know that some of the things that came from me was bad. There was a lady who respected me very much, slightly older than I. One day I said something and he said, Uncle D, she used to call me Uncle D. He said, Uncle D, to be honest with you, sometimes you talk rubbish. That was my deliverance on that day. It pained me so much. It pained me so much that somebody told me that I talk like that. You know, when I left her, I went to my office, I cried. And you know what my crying was about? I said, Lord, is this the picture I have out there? And I begged God. And I said, Lord, forgive me. I didn't know that this is what I was writing. I repented. And do you know what? After that, I became conscious that I will not give any missiles and misbehave and all of that. Do you know, on my job, few years after, even passengers who will come and have nasty experience and they don't want to talk to anybody except their manager, when they end up with me, Somehow, no matter how they insulted me and did everything, I remained calm. When their problems are solved, it wasn't one or two. A lot of them, they will come back and say, what kind of person are you? I was nasty to you the other day, and yet you didn't. What kind of person are you? And I said, it is Jesus. Then I take advantage and witness to them. So I don't believe in duality. People who, who you can never predict... As if they are possessed, they will go bulldozing. We are spoiling the work of God. Today I beg you, evangelism is a lifestyle for the believer. Because of that, be careful 
how you live. Be careful how you utter. Be careful how you deal with one another. Because the gospel starts with your own life. Hallelujah. Abi, are you angry with me tonight? You don't sound as if you are. Are you angry? Oh, it's okay. Let me leave you for you to do what you want to do. Hallelujah. But I want, I'm concerned. I'm very much concerned about the way like the world is running so fast. And it looks as if there are no people to put the safety measures by standing for Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Verse 21. To those who are without the law, as also without the law, not as not being without the law towards God. Self-explanatory. Try to just make it play that I, I'm not saying that I'm misbehaving like them. But under the law towards Christ, that I might do what? Win those. I might do what? You are not happy with me. I might do what? Verse 22. To the weak. To the weak. That I might win the weak. And I have become. I found that to be excellent. Sympathize with those unbelievers who are weak and think there is no hope that you might win some. Amen. Come with me to the book of Acts chapter 18 from verse 1. I'll read through this quickly. Probably up to about 11. After these things, Paul departed from Athens and went to Corinth. And he found a certain Jew named Aquila, born in Pontius, and had recently come from Italy with his wife Priscilla, because Claudius had commanded all the Jews to depart from Rome. And... He came to them. Now, like we said to the Nigerians years ago, go back to your country. And like also, they also said to us, go back to your country. See, that is what Claudius, governor at the time, did. He said, everybody should go. So, they, so because he was of the same trade, I like this. Watch that word carefully. Paul... Now we will find the trade itself. The Bible says, because he was of the same trade, he stayed with them and worked and worked. By occupation, they were... When I read these scriptures, sometimes I ask myself, can you find any man of God today that you, he will say that what I do is I'm a tent maker? Hello? As my friend will say, Hello? 
You can never find any of that. Now what I like about Paul is that he worked with his hands to support himself. At the same time, the church also. And the reason why he did that was that even in the tent making, it was an opportunity to meet tent makers to be able to reach out to them. Praise the Lord. See, this is what should make every child of God, irrespective of where God has placed you, you can still be useful in the hands of God. Amen. Now he has met these people, Aquila and Priscilla, husband and wife. And uh, because he was a tent maker, they also accepted him and they lived. And he reasoned in the synagogue every Sabbath day and persuaded both the Jews and the Greeks. So when they met, he took them along, let's go to church. And he started preaching. When Silas and Timothy Timothy had come from Macedonia, Paul was compelled by the Spirit and testified to the Jews that Christ is, uh, uh, Jesus is, this is the message we preach. So that is all that he was preaching. They had their Jewish tradition, but he said, listen, all the tradition that you are doing, the most important thing is that Jesus is the Christ. Without him, you can't be saved. He kept emphasizing. So when I say we have to become a people who have to be witnessing, I am simply establishing that you must feed every man with the fact that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Faith in Him will give you eternal life. Amen. So he was reasoning with them. And that was his message. But when they opposed him and blasphemed, he shook his garment and said to them, Your blood be upon your own head, for I am clean. From now on, I will go to the Gentiles. Let's here for a second. I want to show you why I said, Somebody's blood is on your hand. It was not written that, He by all means had to. But the fact that he found himself there, he became responsible and accepted that my failure to preach to these people, their blood will be required from us. But when he was preaching to them and they were refusing him, then he said, at least me, I have done my part. So God cannot demand your blood from me. Amen. Amen. So you see, Wherever you find yourself that you don't become useful to reach out to the neighbor, I want to inform you that one day, because you were a Christian and you were in that office, this blood can easily be required from your hands. That makes it more serious. That makes it more serious. Why would Paul, by the word of the Lord, say, your blood is not from me. So means that When he got there, if he had shut up and had not spoken the scripture to them, no, or had not spoken to them about Jesus, he would not have the guts to say, your blood will not be required from me. So, my dear brother and sister, if you don't mind, let me humbly submit to you 
that anybody that you come across that you fail to give the gospel to, God can easily ask you, I caused that man to come your way and you refuse to tell him, I'm requiring his blood from you. And how would you pay back? So I'm very conscious. When I see people by the roadside and I will give you a lift, you are sitting in my car for a reason that I may gospel you. When you come and work for me, as a gardener or as whatever, as a mason, as a driver, I will gospel you. I want to make that as my habit. May you make that as your habit. See, you see, it's hidden in there and you can easily think that it doesn't matter. It is written. He said, but when they opposed him and blasphemed against what he was preaching, he, t- he shook his garments and said to them, And Jesus had already said that anywhere that you go, that people don't accept you, you can do your feet like this. Is everybody seeing me? Can do like this. Your blood is in your own hands because I came to tell you the truth and you rejected it. So this is where I want you to know that you are God's representative. Reconciling men unto God. Your failure to tell anybody who needs to be saved His blood can easily be required from your hands. Tell her not to sleep. Don't sleep. Your eye is too heavy. Don't sleep. Your blood be upon your own head. I am clean. May you be clean from now on. How would you be clean from now on? Is to make sure everybody who comes your way is arrested by the gospel. Then you are clean. Hallelujah. This is what it means when we say evangelism. Everyday life. So every day who, everybody who comes your way arrests the person with the gospel of Jesus Christ. You see, sometimes there is a delusion. Do you know why I love evangelism and I try, if I can, to be part of even the general outreach? The reason is simple. God always has somebody for me to reach out to. And it could be an opportunity. To be honest with you, this Mr. Brown that I had the opportunity of reaching out to, I don't know what it is except for the Holy Ghost. I'm constantly saying that had I given an excuse on that Saturday not to have come. Because already God knew that the man was going to die. Are you listening? I did not know. Neither did he he himself knew that he was left with about three weeks to go. And, you know, it was very... let Let me... It was so spectacular, if I may use that word. You can ask my daughter Priscilla. I was driving with her. I don't know whether she said, where are we going? But I said, let's go towards Panwine 
area. Let's go towards wireless area there. Let's go. But our leader has told us that today that we were doing cantonments. And I came in slightly late. So I said, let's drive. I knew as I was going, I was going somewhere I didn't know. And when I passed wireless and I made left into Palm Wine Road, in the middle of the road, I made a quick and I stopped right like that. And they were sitting in front of a certain wall. A young gentleman, very busy on his phone, was happening, and the man was sitting there. They were not talking to each other. But we found a young man very attractive to talk to him. And when we finished, in fact, it was as if the devil was also trying to say, time is almost up. But somehow I said, okay, why don't you just press last start? It's still very vivid to me. And then I finished with this man and I quickly came and I took over. Didn't care where rich, I took over. And I, my question was, are you sure you will go to heaven? He said, I'm very, very sure. He told me, he said, I'm very, very sure. Priscilla is, is, is my witness. I'm very, very sure. And I said, oh, that's good. If you are sure, what is it that you are standing on that makes you so sure you are going? He said, that I don't know. So then I said to myself, you don't know. You think that we go with a mouth. I didn't say that to him, but in my head I said, you think that we go with a mouth. Then I said, I will show you how you can enter. He said, okay. And as I was talking, we were sitting like this. Now let me be here. So we were sitting like this. He was here, I was on his left. And the wind was blowing from this side. It was not easy. Telling you, drink and bad mouth was fine like that. But I said something in my heart. I don't care because I must win this man. So I endured the perfume. And I, and I, I, I but I was glad when we, after the sinner's prayer, through the sinner's prayer, I was very, very glad. And then the following day was going to be evangelistic service. Invite somebody. And I said, I want you to come to church by all means. You know the usual thing. He said, okay, I will come. Then I insisted, are you surely coming? He said, tomorrow day I can come. And I said, why? Then he was quiet. Then finally he said, all my things are dirty. has not been washed. And I lifted my eye and I saw a boutique there and immediately I knew that I had some money in my pocket. I said, you know, if you really, really want to come, I will buy you clothes so you can come. He said to me, you buy me clothes? Nah, don't do that. Then Pastor Two came to pass. And immediately I said, do you, if you get clothes, would 